Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. Hey, this is just a normal recording voice, and that's looking really good. Hey, this is my normal voice. No, it's not. <laughs> Today on the Power Hour, no. episode 137. No. <laughs> no, no, me. No. No, me. Me. Okay. And now on Ranger Command Power Hour. Ay, 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour, episode 137, Ranger Command at C2E2 2019, recorded on March 24th, 2019. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to ranger up with your hosts. I'm Eric, also known as Trekkie B47. And I'm Teresa, also known as Ted G17. This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Juan S., Doug F., Tyler W., Eric D., Bo H., Christopher M., Sean V., Steve F., Derek G., Teresa B., and Jacob P. for supporting us this month. Hey. Hello. So, we were at the... C2E2 convention here in Chicago. For anyone that doesn't know what that is, that stands for the Chicago Comics and Entertainment Expo. And this is their 10th year, or this was their 10th year. Uh, They will be back February 28th through March 2nd. March 1st. March 1st. Only two days? February 27th? 28th to March 1st. 29. Oh, it's a leap year. Anyways, they're going to be three days next year. And one of the great things uh, about C2E2 is bringing people and fans together, actors, comic book creators, comic artists, and a bunch of talented people that all come together for the love of comics and entertainment And uh, fortunately enough, Ranger Command was able to get press pass this year, and we were able to go all three days of the show. Anywho, there are some Power Rangers people there. Of note, Amy Jo Johnson, which will have an edited version of the panel that we were at, her interview panel. She also had one on Sunday at the sci-fi C2E2 live stage. And we didn't go to that, but you can probably check it out at Sci-Fi Wire. They will have a rebroadcast of all of the C2E2 interviews that they did over the weekend, hosted by very talented people. So she did two interviews officially at the convention, and you can check out the Sci-Fi Wire one, but we have the one that we attended on Saturday. Overall, I thought it was a very good show. How about you? Yes, it was a very good show for three days. Mm -hmm. 
which I liked more than the three years that we've been, I've been going to. Yeah. So Teresa's been going for, I think this is your fourth year. I think so. Yeah. This was Teresa's fourth year. And every other year we've just done Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Which is like cramped on one day to walk up on the floor, Mm -hmm. to go to panels, which is panels are very time consuming because you have to like sit down, go in line. While you're on the main floor, you have to like keep in mind of the time that you have to go to panels. Yeah. Saturdays are totally jam packed and not just of people, but time as well. And all the years that we've gone, we've always had to leave fairly early, like around 5 or 6 p.m., when we've missed out on some of the biggest stuff that happens right. on Saturday night. Uh, well, we do that because we have to take the train. Right, right. Going there and going back home. Right. So it's not the first time I've done all weekend at C2E2. But this was their 10th year, and I've gone all 10 years of C2E2, and the majority of the time I've only done Saturday. But uh, this was one of the few years that I've done all three days of the show, and very effectively. I mean, we both took Friday off of our respective jobs. Right. We were really able to take advantage of all three days of the show. Yeah. Uh, We weren't rushed. We got to go to some amazing panels, uh, which we'll briefly mention. We got to take our time in searching for comics. Yeah. Uh, you collect Harley Quinn. Yes. And you had very specific goals this convention, too. Well, it's because I've learned from my mistakes from the past few three years. Mm-hmm. And last year, I started into comics. Mm-hmm. And I've been wanting to collect some Archie comics before because I got into the comics when I was little because of my sisters. They've been buying Archie comics, so I rekindled to that. And then I am collecting Harley Quinn figures, and I was like, I saw there's a Harley Quinn comics. Last year, it was like bits of it. And then when I saw at C2E2 last year, and there was a specific booth that they were just trying to sell it for a dollar and it was like I dug into one of their box and I've got some comics and that was Saturday. Yeah. And then we're about to leave that day. So I was like, okay, this is my goal for next year, <laughs> which was this year. And I got a lot of comics, which I'm very happy. I think you got over fifty issues of Harley Quinn in various series. I would say, yeah. Yeah. Like more than 50. Yeah. We had to carry that giant bag <laughs> around, it, which was very heavy of comics. Well, at least it's not a big, huge box like other people Oh, my do. God. <laughs> yeah. There, there were some people lugging around these uh, long boxes at the convention. And props to the comic collectors out there that are able to do that because it's comics are not light. They are very heavy. Like those boxes get extremely heavy. 
so yeah, C2E2, it's in Chicago. It's one of the largest comic book conventions hosted by Reed Pop. They do Emerald City Comic Con, uh, New York Comic Con, and various other uh, conventions across the country. And if you're in Chicago, definitely check it out. They occasionally have Power Ranger guests there. They have uh, voice actors from video games like Overwatch. They have some of the biggest celebrities this year. They had Paul uh, Rudd. Lots of Marvel people. Clark uh, Gregg. Ming-Na Wen. Yeah, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. For DC, it's John Barrowman. Mm -hmm. uh, of Arrow, yeah. And uh, Clueless, Alicia Silverstone. Really big names in entertainment. Right. And I actually didn't realize this until this weekend, but they also had uh, the main voice cast for Animaniacs. Right. Which was an incredible panel, which we kind of just stumbled into because we were <laughs> we were going to go to the Ming-Na Wen panel for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And so we got there fairly early. We got there almost an hour early because we knew it would be packed. And fortunately enough, we ended up arriving 10 minutes into the Animaniacs voice actors interview panel. And Rob Paulson, he was Yakko in Animaniacs, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain. And also he was the uh, original voice of Raphael in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon from the late 80s, early 90s. So truly a prolific voice actor, very talented, but also super down to earth. And yes. one of the things that came up was uh, they obviously, like any of these panels, they open up the floor to fan questions. And one of the fans mentioned that, you know, he's really grateful that he got to spend a minute talking to, to Rob Paulson and Rob kind of shut him down a little bit, but was like, this is how fans like feel like they're grateful for even a minute of their time and kind of did this like little speech, which was like, no one puts a gun to an actor's mouth to become an actor. They're there yeah. to do their job. But the reason that actors are successful is because of fans that support their work. Right. And he said, bearing like, you know, a personal emergency or anything, if you know, you shouldn't feel afraid to go up to a, an actor that you recognize and give and tell them, hey, I really like the work that you did. Yeah. I know you're busy, but I want to show my gratitude. And he said that any any actor that does not give you a small piece of time when you're trying to give them praise, he's like, don't, don't even support them. Or don't patronize them. Don't patronize them, which means you don't have to follow their work. It speaks to a bigger thing, which we experienced this weekend, which relates back to Power Rangers, which we'll talk about in a second. But the room really applauded. And it's true because there are a lot of actors out there and especially voice actors who only get to where they are because fans support their work, fans like their work. And Rob made a very good point. It's like, no matter what level of celebrity status someone is, if you're reaching out to them in some way, they should be able to give you their undivided attention to you and take a minute of, of time to give back to the fans. Yeah, um, I agree 
on what he said 100%. I know Animaniacs. I've watched some episodes when I was in the Philippines. And when we were there, when you said Animaniacs, and I was like, I was Googling it. Oh, that cartoon. Mm -hmm. And when he said that specific moment, I was like, I love you even more. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because I get it. Actors and actresses, some fans like being a stalker or yeah, yeah. being not a good in a good way. But what he said is that these actors and actresses, their successes came from their fans alone. Right. If these fans are not here, they won't be there. I am grateful for what he said. When I said that, I was like, I was already like touching Eric's elbow. I'm like, is this like a deja vu from yesterday <laughs> or Saturday? Right. Oh my God. I was like, <laughs> and he already know what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. So what we're referring to and what Rob Paulson said uh, was right. And what Teresa said is right. Like, yes, there are going to be some fans that are overbearing or socially awkward or may not know what to say. But it really speaks volumes to the character of an actor as a person in how they deal with those situations. So, all that being said, after Teresa and I are done speaking, you can listen to an edited version of the Amy Jo Johnson panel. She played Kimberly Hart in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the original Pink Ranger. There was other Ranger actors at the show, uh, notably David Yost and Walter Jones at the Affirmative Clothing booth, and Austin St. John was there for whatever. And so Amy Jo Johnson was like the main get for the convention. She was the one that had the panels, the photo ops, the big autograph line, all of that stuff. And I know she doesn't do a lot of these conventions. I was at Lexington the year that she was first at that show a number of years ago, but I was not able to attend her panel because essentially her autograph session and photo ops were behind essentially a paywall where you had to basically attend her entire panel, it was like the Amy Jo Johnson experience or something. So that was Lexington. And she hasn't done a lot of these conventions, probably maybe two or three a year at various venues. So this was actually my first time sitting in a panel that she was speaking at. First of all, she was like 15 minutes late. Yeah. Which... For whatever reason, okay, I, I get that. But at the same time, every other panel that we were at started on time and ended on time. And unfortunately, 10 minutes into it, we finally get an announcement from someone official saying that, oh, she's on her way, got held up with this and that, and we'll try to make the best of the time remaining or whatever. Well, that was clear, which is, right. oh my gosh. She is the best interviewer or host on a panel. And who we're talking about is Claire Kramer. And she was the main, I want to say, hostess for C2E2. She was at all of the big panels yes. as the moderator 
and as the interviewer for these larger panels. And if you don't know who Claire Kramer was, uh, she was Glory in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, she was also Courtney in Bring It On, an accomplished actress in uh, her own right. But she also does a lot of the hosting for the Read Pop conventions. And I've seen her at other C2E2s before when they brought her on. She's an excellent interviewer. Yes. She really keeps all of the panels on check. She does a very good job at rephrasing. Fan questions. And the way, just professionalism, and I like how she moderates every panel that we're on. Right, and you'll hear that in this upcoming interview that we recorded with Amy Jo Johnson. So, you'll hear for yourself when you listen to this panel. This is my first time meeting Amy Jo Johnson. Yeah, so keep in mind, just from Teresa's somewhat limited experience with Power Ranger actors so far, just because she hasn't been to a lot of the stuff I did. I mean, Power Morphicon was the your first, first one, yeah. and you got to experience a, a lot of wonderful actors. So this is the first time that she got to see Amy Jo Johnson. It was my first time seeing her like in person. And you always hear stories, this and that. And I want to preface this by saying, I totally understand the show was 25 years ago. No one is going to remember everything. But I think that if you're going to do these types of panels, and we all know that some of the same questions pop up, Either come prepared with a story or tell the same antidote or at least remember the important story beats for your character. Like, I know Amy Jo Johnson was involved with the show for three seasons. She was in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, as well as Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. She was in the first two original movies. I get it. It's a lot of content. Like three seasons of Mighty Morphin is over 150 episodes. Of course, you're not going to remember every single little point, every detail, like some fans. But at the same time, if you don't know the circumstances for your character leaving the show and stop being a Power Ranger, or you don't remember exactly... Like the moment that you broke up with your on-screen romance, it's little things like that and kind of brushing off those questions that honestly rub me the wrong way. And I'm not trying to bash Amy Jo Johnson or anything like that. She does a lot of directing. She does music. She has her own career. And I, I get it. For a long time, she did not want to acknowledge Power Rangers, and it's only in the past few years where she started to come back. But at the same time, it's a little disappointing. There are some parts in this panel that people will hear and judge for themselves, but I didn't like some of the attitude towards fans of Power Rangers. Yeah. Well, I know you heard this already, but what I said to you was, I'm not in hardcore Power Rangers. Right. I'm supporting the the fandom. Even I, who is not so much into it, I got the message from mm-hmm. what the panel was. Every actor knows where they came from. Right. Every actor or actresses knows 
what show where they came from. Yeah, what movie led to their stardom. Whatever it is, voice acting, modeling, or mainstream acting, they know where they came from. Well, an example of that was Ming-Na Ming Wen. So yeah. t- talk about that a little bit. Ming-Na Wen, we were at the panel for Agents of Shields, which is supposedly with Clark Gregg and Ming-Na Wen, but Clark Gregg... He had to cancel. He had to cancel the Sunday. So it was just Ming-Na Wen. Anyways, she's amazing. And for those of you who don't know, she was the voice of oh. Mulan. Yes. Of- the, the Disney movie Mulan. Yes. Which um, is 20 years ago at this point. Yes. Some questions about Mulan and some favorite scenes or whatnot from the movie. And she would say, oh my gosh, I forgot this, but I know some lines. It's not the exact lines, but I know what it was. Right. So I don't want to compare, but it just got into comparison about even Ming-Na Wen knows what she, she did, did 20 years ago. Exactly. And Claire said, well, it's 20 years ago. Yeah, but at least she knows something. Right. That's when I said, oh my God, yesterday was such a blur. <laughs> For the Amy Joe Johnson panel. Yeah. And unfortunately, it, it was a very forgettable panel because... Amy Jo Johnson forgot a lot of things about Power Rangers. And this isn't a knock to Amy Jo Johnson. It's just very telling. This is not being bashful about her. This is just letting you know about the facts that what we have experienced from Saturday's panels. Right. And we're going to present the panel. It's going to be edited. But the only things I'm editing out is like, crowd noise and I'm cutting awkward pauses and that kind of stuff. You're going to get all of the content of the panel. And like I said, make a judgment for yourself. And I don't know how she was during the sci-fi wire panel. That may have been an amazing panel. I'll have to watch that interview. Listen to this, watch the sci-fi interview, just kind of take it all in. But the one point I said on Twitter over the weekend is for some of the newer seasons, for either the Neo Saban era, for the new Hasbro era, even if you don't like the writing of the season, if you don't like the direction, if you didn't like the story, That's fine, but if you are a hardcore member of Ranger Nation and you have watched these seasons and you've been disappointed, just know that that's not the actor's fault. And we've seen it at Power Morphicon, we've seen it at other conventions. These actors, the newer actors from Ninja Steel, from Megaforce, from Samurai, and from Dino Charge... These actors are some of the nicest, humble, down-to-earth people. And not all of them are. No one can be. But the majority of them are amazing with fans. They are super grateful of what Power Rangers has done to get them to where they are now in their current career. Yeah. And like I said, that's not universal. There's always going to be some people who got burned by it or don't want to talk about that experience or, or want to move on. It happened on Twitter a couple weeks ago with don't call me Kira, Emma Lahana. So Emma Lahana, she stars in cloak and dagger for Marvel and 
There's a big thing on Twitter where she was like, oh my God, don't call me Kira. Like, don't call me by my Power Rangers name. And it's like, okay, cool. I get it. But just remember that there are fans of many different language barriers of someone might be on the spectrum. There are a lot of fans, social anxiety. So I get it. They don't want to be called by their character's name. But at the same time, that's what got your future career going is Power Rangers, if if that's where these actors and actresses started out. So not to harp on it too long, but other amazing things at C2E2 that we saw. This was the first time that I got to go to the crown championships of cosplay. Oh my God, that experience. I was like, why we didn't do this? <laughs> why didn't we do this before? <laughs> Yeah, and it's something that we've missed out before, but for those that don't know, C2E2 hosts the Crown Championships of Cosplay, which is like the final world event for these cosplayers all over the world. This is my question. Is this that every year that they're doing it, like the world kind of thing? or I don't remember the year that they've started the World Championships of Cosplay, but C2E2 has been doing it for a while. Like the original? Like, the nationwide. I, I don't know. It's okay. like a, a read pop thing. I, All right. I, I well, don't know the whole history behind it. Yes, but, oh my God. Yeah. Holy mackerel. The level of the, talent. Yes. The effects, the times that they were saying, oh, this person made this thing for 300 something hours. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, I think it's the French one. Right, right. Who is who's still working on the clothes while... While attending college. Exactly. I mean, where you get your time to do this, you know? Yeah. And we'll link, if C2E2 has put these videos up online, we'll link to all of this. I highly suggest uh, definitely watching the championships of cosplay. If you're an aspiring cosplayer, if you're someone just getting into it, or if you're someone that just appreciates fine art. craftsmanship and art, art. It, it, it is art. It is art. And they're doing 3D modeling. Yeah, the level of craftsmanship is insane. So I highly recommend checking out the championships of cosplay. Even if you're not into cosplay, there's just some amazing talent on display, which people should definitely check out. Right. And like I said, we had the Animaniacs panel that we went to, the Ming-Na Wen panel for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We went to the interview that they had on the Sci-Fi Wire stage with Clark Gregg. Oh and God. yeah, Clark Gregg's awesome. Definitely check out Agents of Shield. It's amazing. If you don't know him, he's the Phil Coulson of Agents of Shields of the Cop- Marvel movies. Marvel movies. Yeah. Captain Marvel, he was there. Thor. Thor. The, Avengers. The first Avenger, which yep. Loki. <laughs> yeah, and he died. <laughs> and he died. And but that- but it was because of the fans, and that's why Agents of Shield has gone on for which will be seven seasons. The sixth season is going to air in May, and they're filming the seventh now, which will be the last. But we're getting seven amazing seasons with this cast, over a hundred episodes. One of the other panels that we also went to was the Women of Overwatch panel. That included Jennifer Hale, Carolina Ravasa, Mm -hmm. and Lucy Paul, which they are Sombra, which is Carolina, and Mercy, Lucy Paul, and Jennifer Hale as Ash. That was 
the first panel we went to at C2E2, and it was incredible. These are amazingly talented voice actresses. Jennifer Hale is a legend in voice acting. Commander Shepard in Mass Effect and countless other roles. Just look up her IMDb because the list is massive. Between that and the Animaniacs panel, I think those are really my two favorite panels of the entire weekend. Yes. Talk Um, about it. Women of Overwatch. Last year, I got to meet Charlotte Chung. She voiced D.Va, which is one of my favorites in Overwatch. Mm -hmm. Mercy was one of the supports in Overwatch. That's one of my I-can-only-play characters. (laughs) But to see them in person, mm-hmm. which they love their characters. And they love the community. Yes, and they love the community so much. The Women of Overwatch, the Animaniacs, ming Wen, Wen, uh, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., and the... Championships Cham- of cop- Cosplay. Yep. Yeah. Those are the top ones. Well, out of... Six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Out of the handful that, yes. that we went to. Those four are the ones that we really had a message to defend and to the business as well. Yeah. Jennifer Hale has her own podcast, which I need to listen to about money and saving the world. Saving the world. And she's amazing. So we'll definitely link to that too. I've got a lot of links that I got to <laughs> try down. But yeah, all the panels that we talked about and mentioned were just scratching the surface of what's available at C2E2. So really cool stuff at C2E2. Amazing vendors from across the Midwest and nationwide. Marvel, DC, Bluefin, Tomashi Nations. Doki Doki. Uh, Toki Doki, <laughs> Crunchyroll. Um, Funimation. Yep, Funimation. Oh, uh, and this year, we saw a lot of dice. Oh my god. RPGs are blowing up right now at the convention so scene. There was, I think... Six or seven vendors, at least, that we saw that were selling dice sets, specialty die, mats, all that stuff. So tabletop gaming is huge right now. That's why I'm so excited for Heroes of the Grid coming out for Power Rangers, mm. uh, the the game I went all in. So we'll, <laughs> we'll definitely play that at some point on the show. But C2E2 was amazing. We got to talk to Kyle Higgins again, who's been on the show. Uh, We saw Matt Groom from the Ranger Danger podcast with his comics self-made. So you can see these amazing people that are connected to Power Rangers at C2E2. Awesome people. Yeah, artists too that have done artwork on the variant covers. Frank Uh, Cho. Yeah, Frank Cho for (laughs) Harley Quinn. Just a wide array of comic book artists, comic book creators, publishers, independent artists at Artist Alley. Tons of comics, stores, tons of Artist Alley. They're popping up. From last year, we browsed through it, but now it's like people are going towards the Artist Alley, like independent comic writers everywhere. And... (laughs) Esports. <laughs> yeah, we saw esports. I guess uh, DePaul University here in Chicago now has their own esports division. It's crazy. 
We got to see James from Mostly oh, Speaking yes. Sentai. Mm-hmm. He was there today on Sunday. And I also got to meet Dan from the Power Playthrough podcast, which is another Power Rangers rewatch podcast. Yes. Uh, definitely check them out. We'll link to them in the show. So many cosplayers and people Ooh. in Power Ranger outfits. On Friday, I didn't get a picture. I thought he was there for the three days, but I didn't see him. <laughs> He's at the Lord of the Rings um, or at the Hobbit, the King. Yeah, yeah, the Elf King from yes. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. When I saw him, I was like, wow. Really, I'm in awe. But I didn't get a picture, but, you know, that was me. Anyways, I saw Lola Bunny cosplayer. (laughs) Yeah, just a wide range of cosplayers. Oh, I'm happy for all the plus size women cosplayers. They are popping up, which is so And they are fierce. They're fierce. They're not scared of this. I'm sorry, skinnier cosplayers that have been having, like, tons of followers tons of likes because one of the people who won the cosplay championship yes. was a plus size, a plus co- size cosplayer. cosplayer. Yeah. So I am so grateful for you. You're doing it great. And I'm so glad for you. Yeah. All of the cosplayers are amazing. We'll link to a lot of the videos that uh, C2E2 produced and some pictures and stuff that we took But really, if you are in the Chicago area at the end of next February, please definitely check out C2E2. Say hi to us because we'll definitely be there again next year. And enjoy C2E2. We can't endorse it enough. Thank you so much to C2E2 for approving our press pass this year. This is like the fourth year I've tried. But I think I got in early enough. So, yay. Any final thoughts about C2E2? I just had fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. for introducing me to this convention. You're welcome. For four years in a row. Thank you for letting me do the three days. (laughs) (laughs) I love the three days. I highly recommend anyone doing three days versus one day. Saturday is always the craziest. That's when the most people show up. It took us 30 minutes to get through security on Saturday morning before they opened the doors. It's a madhouse. So if you can do all three days, Friday was busy, but it was still chill. Yes. And Sunday was the same way. There was a lot of people Sunday, but nowhere near the amount of people for Saturday. Like parking lots were filling up super early in the morning on Saturday. If you can only do one day... Sure, if you want the big convention, crazy convention experience, do yeah, it on a Saturday. <laughs> do, do it on Saturday. That's when the most stuff happens. But if you want the most well-rounded experience for a convention, definitely try to go three days, take the time off work, check out all three days of the show. There is so much to experience. There are so many different panels for anyone, for cosplayers, for comic book creators, for aspiring writers and artists, for people who enjoy comedy or horror or just want to sit in a room and watch stuff. There are so many fan meetups and events going on. I mean, we had a pretty much packed show. Yeah. 
and we barely scratched the surface and it was right. still very fulfilling. Yes. I'm so glad that we went this year. Oh, me too. And I had so much fun. I saved up money, which is in it's a, good a good way. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Bring money. <laughs> Bring money and expect to spend money. <laughs> But I checked off my main goal, which is my comics. I just had so much fun for this three days. (laughs) Oh, me too. I'm dreading uh, going to work tomorrow. Exactly. I'm waiting for next year. I'll be looking into who is going to go there. Well, now we don't have to wait a year. We're only waiting 11 months now. Oh, yeah. Because it's a month earlier than when they're normally So showing. countdown begins again? <laughs> oh, the countdown's on. The countdown is on. Anything else? Just follow me at Ted G17. <laughs> I was going to get that. But just a quick couple announcements before we present the Amy Jo Johnson interview. Thanks to Kyle Higgins and also Matt Groom, they were able to sign some comics that we have been saving for giveaways. And we will be announcing that contest soon. Don't worry, we'll give our listeners plenty of time to participate in those We will also have an episode a couple days from now. So we're going to have a a bonus episode on Monday, April 1st. It's a brand new interview that we had to keep under wraps. So check that out in a couple days. And Teresa, thank you once again for being on the show. Thank you for letting me talk. Oh, and if you want to watch Yakko's... Yakko's World. Yakko's World. And Eric is going to put it in the link. Yeah, we'll we'll put it in the link. If no one knows what Yakko's World song is by now, Rob Paulson, super awesome guy. Wish I got the chance to meet him, but maybe I'll meet him at the next C2E2. We'll meet him because I want to watch an Animaniacs Animaniacs. All right. So... For all of us at Ranger Command, Teresa and I definitely recommend C2E2 in Chicago, and it will be February 27th through March 1st, 2020. Again, February 28th to March 1st. What the f***? I hate leap years. (laughs) Because... The 28th ends the month. So when you say 28th and March 1st, that's like makes it sound like it's a two-day convention. Next year is lip year, so it's February 28th okay, okay. through March 1st. <laughs> February 28th through March 1st. I apologize. So go, go C2E2 and go, go Power Rangers. Up next is the Amy Jo Johnson interview panel from Saturday March 23rd at C2E2. Till next time, guys. Bye. Hello. Thank you guys so much for being patient. We all appreciate it. Uh, C2E2 is so busy, and sometimes it's hard to get from one place to another with all the traffic. So, without further ado, are you guys ready to talk about Power Rangers?
boss. It's a crazy busy weekend, right? <laughs> it's crazy. I know, it's insane. It's awesome. But it's like, there's a, there's, yeah. What is your, I'm curious, just because now we're talking kind of about the whole convention and that sort of like atmosphere, what is your favorite thing about coming to Comic-Cons? Oh, meeting people that I've never met before and hearing their stories. And yeah, seeing people's costumes. And There's always um, Power Ranger cosplay. Yeah, always. Yeah. It's like the one thing you can count on. Yeah. And right then there. I just like going to different cities as well. Like Chicago is such a cool city to Yeah, I was here twenty years ago. I had a boyfriend at the time that was living here and um, and I came and I recorded my first album here, the Trans American Treatment. I recorded here. Oh wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, super fun. And we're definitely going to talk about Power Rangers, but I kind of wanted to start off talking about your directing, which is something that you've kind of come into in, in this sort of second half of your career. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I started directing, I was doing Flashpoint, which is a TV series. And that brought me to Toronto, and during that time when I was shooting that show was when I started thinking that I wanted to start writing and directing. So as soon as the show ended, I actually stayed in Toronto. And um, I did three short films. And then two years ago, I did my first feature film, which is called The Space Between. It's a heartfelt comedy. You can actually see it online now. Um, and a lot of the guys from Flashpoint aren't in it. And I'm really proud of it. It's my first feature. And then I just finished my second feature called Tammy's Always Dying, and I'm in the editing room right now. Yeah, you're in post-production on that, right? Yeah, I'm just like, I have two weeks, I'm gonna do pickup shots next week, and then I have two more weeks of editing. And you had some great actors in that, like Felicity Huffman, and I mean, what was it like to kind of bring these iconic... Okay, let's not talk about her. <laughs> you know what, she still has a career outside of, and she, you know, her personal life. And she's a great actress. Lauren Holly, also. Lauren, yeah, such a hoot. She's fantastic. And then um, Anastasia Phillips is the star of it, and she's wonderful. Like she's a dream actress to work with. I've never met somebody who can just like get to an emotional place like that. Like she's incredible. This girl's incredible. Anyway, it's called Tammy's Always Dying. And did you write the script as well? No, this woman Joanne Sarazen wrote it. I went to the Canadian Film Center with her. That's where. I met her, heard the script at a reading, and just really connected with it. It's about this. Oh, I sounded so Canadian. Oh <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? Because I have been there for over 10 years now. I am Canadian. I'm a much kinder person. <laughs> I think I am. Okay. Right. Um, anyway, the movie's about this woman non-functioning alcoholic woman who threatens to jump off a bridge once a month to keep her daughter tethered to the town that they live in, which Felicity Huffman plays um, Tammy. And I just really connected with the script because my father is a non-functioning alcoholic. And so, yeah, it's just, it felt like this cathartic story to tell. And it's quite funny as well. I thought it was a comedy. Guess what, guys? It's not. Um, and she gets cancer halfway through. It's like there's a lot of stuff happening. 
But there's but the writing is really funny. Joanne wrote like the the dialogue, and I mean sometimes in the most difficult situations, the most absurd things happen, right? In life, in general, anyway. And those are the kinds of films I like to make, is to find the absurdity in some of the hardest things we have to deal with. Well, and you kind of touched on a good point. You know, even in tragic and dire circumstances, as humans, we always try to find a little bit of humor. You know what I mean? That, I think we have. It's a survival mechanism. It is, yeah. Yeah, and the levity and the... The, the humor within the absurdity. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, all right, let's take it back all the way to the early 90s. You were cast as Kimberly on Power Rangers. What, did you have any idea that all these years later we'd still be sitting and talking about Power Ranger? No. I was thinking that today, like, some of the conventions I've gone to aren't quite as big as this one. So, like, the line I had this morning, I was like, my God, that was 25 years ago. <laughs> right? It's, it's really a blessing, actually, it, to have this support system and this fan base as, as I'm tra transitioning careers with these children that are now you guys that are grown up. <laughs> right? And you were basically very young when you started on the show. I was in my early 20s. Like, I just, I think it's 21 or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was the casting process like for you? Um, it was my first casting process that I've ever gone through. So it was, it was, um, it was a lot of physical stuff. They had us do gymnastics in our show. We danced or whatever. I was a gymnast, so I did gymnastics in my audition. And then there, I think there was like eight, I think eight different auditions. And they teamed us up right away with Austin. It was me, Austin, David, um, who? Oh, Walter. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. And then some, and Audrey. Yeah, I vaguely remember Audrey because it was so long ago. But because then Twee came right after. Mm -hmm. But they had us grouped up right away, and then we started having slumber parties during the. We got that we were just good buddies, <laughs> and you guys still remain friends today, yeah. right? I mean, isn't that the interesting thing about being an artist who, who when you were part of like. Uh, a genre of material that lends itself to conventions, you, you're able to build that same community years and years later within the cast. Yeah, me and David Yost remained really tight and close friends for a long time. Because I only started doing conventions maybe two or three years ago, and then I reconnected with JDF right when we were going to do the cameo on um, in 2017, the Power yeah, Rangers movie. Yeah, I think we shot that in Oh, maybe it was 17. Oh, I don't remember. But um, <laughs> it seems, I feel like we, I feel like it was longer. Was it only 2000? It was recent. It was pretty recent, yeah. I know. <laughs> I guess I've just seen Jason so much in the last couple of years that it feels longer. Anyway, it's really nice to reconnect with Jason since he's so crazy. He's crazy, guys. <laughs> but so sweet. So sweet. He's sweet. Tell us some crazy filming experiences with him or anyone else on the cast. Oh, Gordy, I don't even know if I can remember that far back. But I remember in Australia, he was he was um, always doing pranks and stuff. But I can't. I don't remember that far back. Recently, on the other hand, right? No, he's so cute. And then David is like one of my best friends, and we go to 
cottage in the summer together. But he's like family. That's I call amazing. him Uncle Yost. When you did, when you got the call that you were going to do the cameo for the new reboot, um, what was your reaction? Were you surprised, or were you? Oh no, no, I called. Well, I had my agent call and ask, and they first they asked the people in Los Angeles, but everyone kept giving them the runaround and no, and so finally it was like, well, why don't you call the? They're already filming in production. Like, call and ask the director. And the people on the ground filming it, like, I'm sure they'll think it's a good idea. So they called, and we were like, oh, that's a great idea. And so then they asked me and Jason. That's awesome. It was a great little moment to see you guys in there. So fun. So fun. Yeah, it was really fun to go to Vancouver and shoot that. Absolutely. Well, we're going to open it up to questions. So I know you guys have been waiting patiently and nicely. To... How long did you guys? It wasn't that long, was it? It wasn't that long. It was. <laughs> 25 years. That's very patient. Very. Thanks, guys. Everybody here loves you. They love Power Rangers. What are you passionate about? What do you geek out about? Hmm. Like, I love music, so what do I, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. What do I, music, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a music lover. My daughter. I geek out over my daughter. That that's that's a really important thing to geek out over. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll start over here. Hi. Hey, hello. Um, Hi. So Power Rangers is a series that had a lot of uh, recycled footage. I'm wondering if there's anything that your Japanese counterpart ever did that ended up in a show that you wish you could have done, or vice versa, or glad you didn't have to do. Uh, I don't know exactly what you're saying, but I do know that the half of the footage on the first season was from the Japanese show, but I never saw the Japanese show. Was there ever like a stunt or a clip they used from that show that you were like, oh, I would have liked to have done that as Kimberly, instead of using the, the stock footage? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's a great question. Thank you. Hi. Hello. So going back to the movie, when the movie came out, you were the only person who have ever played Kimberly. So I was just thinking, like, what did you think about having someone else take over the role? When Kat came? No, like in the movie. In the, oh, in the movie. Yeah, so Naomi. Right, because, I mean, even kind of like, yeah, when Kat came in, like in oh, Lace Switch, yeah. it was a new character. You know what? Like, I thought she was a fantastic Kimberly. I thought she was really great. And, um... Yeah, I, I was, you know, I had, had no urge to want to put spandex on and, <laughs> and play the role. I think we're past that now. So I was super psyched for her. Wouldn't that have been weird if they cast me as Kimberly? <laughs> I mean, you know, I think you could still do it. I think oh, you'd still I look great right in the spandex. It would have to be different, right? Can you imagine? I just try to pretend I'm still in high school. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, it would be you guiding the, the younger generation. Something like that would have to I can be in there. I can somebody asked me in the line, you're probably here, oh, David Yost said that he would love to do like a, like a, a reunion thing on Netflix. You know how every show does reunion stuff. But I'm like, so what, what would we be? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, where are they now at pushing 50? 
Right? And like, and what, yeah, what's the plot? What's the premise? Yeah, yeah. I, it would be, it would actually be fun and funny if somebody who wrote it, like, took a, um, you know, like if they like made it sort of like a joke, like a mockumentary. Yeah, like like actually like did a funny like a Christopher Guest film, but but a remake of The Power. I mean, genius. That would be really fun. Be. Hi. Hello there. First off, I want to say you're a very strong, inspirational female hero, and I just want to thank you for all your service. Thanks. surreal moment of like, oh yeah, I did that. <laughs> like, I, you know, it's like, it's, it's just, it's, it, it's bizarre and blows my mind, like, how popular this show became. Well, and that it's, and that you, and that it's still sort of popular. It's kind of, it's a little weird. It's crazy. And, and kind of like, it must be interesting to look back, you know, 25 years later at yourself that young. It's like an out-of-body experience. Yeah, yeah, and people are like, oh, you look exactly the same. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> did you have a question as well? Yeah, yes, I did. You played um, Kimberly Hart for two and a half seasons in the Turbo movie. I was just wondering, in your own headcanon, where do you think the character Kimberly went after she went to the Pan Global Games from, I guess, uh, 1997 <laughs> to now? <laughs> I went to the Pan, or she went to the Pan. What'd she do there? Is that where she went on to? Yeah, but she left the show. She went to the play. She trained for the Pan Global Games. Ah. Uh, <laughs> how did she do? <laughs> I bet she did really well. No, isn't aren't those like comic books now? Aren't they about like after? Yeah, that is Power Rangers Pink because that went after the Pan Global Games. Yeah. Uh, so what was the question? <laughs> what do you, where do you think your character is now? Like, what did she do between 1997 and now? Now that she's 48? <laughs> what would she be doing now? Oh, no, actually, I was older. So I was like 22. She was 17. So she's like 42. I don't know. Where do you think she is? Um, I don't know. I think, well, she's obviously a mother now, I think, probably. Maybe, yeah. maybe in her off time, she gold cops and saves the world. Where's Tommy? That's what I want to know. Where is Tommy? Where is he, right? Maybe she's hanging with Tom. Anything's possible, right? Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi. Hi there. Um, so, you'll have to bear with me because I read an article, but I don't know how factual it is given how things are on the internet. Read an article. Uh oh. But there's a picture of you, and you're dressed as a pink ranger. You don't have your helmet on, and you're, you have a guitar. And it a says, busking. Okay. Yeah, so that was for The Space Between, um, which is the film that I wrote and directed. And I raised half the money on Indiegogo with the help of people who, like you guys who had been following my career. Um, and I, David Yost dared me something like that um, if I reached my goal then I would go and busk and play guitar in a pink ranger outfit <laughs> on the corner of Young and Dundas in Toronto <laughs> and we reached the goal <laughs> suddenly <laughs> suddenly I had to find a pink ranger costume <laughs> and actually Steve Cardenas' 
friend lived in Toronto and had a costume, and she drove it to me. <laughs> and I had to put it on at 40-something years old. And my friend was like, my friend Jen came with me, and she's like, you are a brave woman. <laughs> Oh my god, it was actually a lot of fun, and it was freezing cold, it was, it was yeah. But, but without it, that, weren't it for your first feature, right? Oh yeah, 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 I would have done anything. Thank you. <laughs> Don't say that, because you may, no, I know. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Let me stop you right there. Hi. Hi, hello. Um, I have a question. So, since you've started coming to conventions and everything, have you, had to, have you run into any issues dealing with fans? Have I done what? Have you run into any issues dealing with fans? Oh, no, I've, are... I, like, knock on wood, but I've only had positive experiences at every convention I've gone to. That's good. Yeah, I've only met really incredible, wonderful people. I haven't met a jerk yet. <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Yeah. Thank you. Do you get a lot of fan art? Yeah, yeah, I have, a, I have it at home. <laughs> Francesco is looking around at all the little pink ranger things everywhere because, like, you get all this stuff. And she's like, Mom, if someone broke into our house, they would think I was a really big pink ranger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are, but not that way. <laughs> Hi. I'm the one that's been waiting patiently for 25 years. But, um, actually, I have a question. Well, it's more of a comment because the eight-year-old me didn't understand why you broke up with Tommy in that letter. I hate you. I, I like I hate you after that. I'm like, how dare she does this? And then up in there, you was like, oh, I love you like a brother. Like what the? <laughs> I love you like a brother. Yeah. You know. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. And then, like a couple seasons later, like you're with Jason holding him. Like what the? I don't remember that. I don't even remember that. People were like, oh, yeah, I remember when Kimberly was with Jason. And I was yeah. like, when was that? Yeah. You know, here's the deal. So I had done, I think, like 150 episodes. And I asked Shuki, who was the producer, I said, I think I'm done. Like, I think I'd like to move on and go and start auditioning for other stuff. And he was like, OK. With you do maybe I think maybe ten more episodes or however more, many more episodes, and then do this movie Susie Q that he offered. Yes. So, and then he gave me this really amazing Gibson guitar that I still have, um, and and so then they wrote I don't know how many episodes it took to sort of have me gracefully exit. Apparently not so gracefully, <laughs> but I think. In introducing the new character, Cats, they would have like I think within the writing they had to make me kind of. You, a you didn't have to write no letter like that. We the fans deserve better from you. I didn't write it. I didn't write it though. That's not real, hon. <laughs> Good job. That's actually an interesting point. You probably, you know, it's not uncommon that the actor on the show has very little influence on the storyline. None for the dialogue. Yeah. No. I mean, maybe sometimes. No. For the most part, on 
TV shows, it's the writing. The writers in the writing room and they're creating and figuring it out. And the actors, you just get your script the morning of and you're like, what? Hi, I don't read that I kiss Austin. No, no, they didn't go that far. But I remember kissing Tommy. Because that, that's why I didn't remember. I was like, really? Did I, I don't remember. I, I was just in the movie with, with Jason. Okay. Hi. Um, first, thank you. You were my very first female hero. Um, and just meant a lot. Also, I'm going to be that guy. Um, I brought my morpher with Air Deck of PowerPoint. Will you morph for us? Oh, you you got to catch her when she's on the floor or something. We can't do that during the panel, but uh, thank you. And good luck bringing it. You know what? Once in a while, I think David was trying to teach me Rihada how to morph because I'd forgotten how, and apparently I did very badly. <laughs> but, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi. Hello. I've kind of a, I guess a technical question about uh, the wardrobe. So you did like, what, 150 episodes? But every episode, everybody had to wear, you know, the color of the ranger they were. But I don't remember anyone ever wearing the same outfit twice. Uh, well, yeah, that's, I remember wardrobe fittings a lot. Um, I think I might have worn one outfit. Maybe not. Yeah, I don't know. We just... Keep on changing the outfits. <laughs> well, thank you, man. And I didn't keep any. I wish I did. One or two. I wish I kept my suit. That would have been the thing to keep. Oh, totally. Yeah. Right? I can't believe none of us never, or maybe, did Jason keep his suit? I don't know, but it, I think probably at the time you were like, like you said, ready to move on. Yeah. Ready I was like, like oh. yeah. yeah. Now there are things I wish I had snagged. Thank you. I remember this. I was dating this grip. His name was Paul, and him and his buddies stole the Blue Ranger suit, <laughs> and then they all got fired. <laughs> they did because clearly Heim Saban knew that that suit was going to be worth money at some point. So right. Right. <laughs> I, and I think they wore it. Like they they stole it and wore it and like like ran and passed it around. <laughs> All right, my my question would be on the movie cameo. Would you and JDF's cameo be in character couples, like you know, like married or boyfriend girlfriend, whatever? The cameo that we did. Yes, in character. Were they? Wait, they were on. They were on. So they came like, to happen. We, we were dressed in pink, and he was dressed in green. And that, and that, and that was it. That was it. But and I'm like, but. No, and I think in like the credits, it just says cameo one and cameo two. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't even know if I was Kim. <laughs> it, it's interpretive. You can interpret very several different ways. Thank you. Hi. Hello. Um, I just want to say that you're amazing. I keep your PowerPoint with me all the time in my pocket. And uh, you were like my generation's Meryl Streep in a way. <laughs> really, really. Meryl Streep. Uh, I was just curious because you really, your acting really was, no offense to anyone else in the show, but set apart. 
And I was just curious as to, because those hours were rolling, how did you just like work on the acting and just make yourself so great at that? Um, Hi. Really? What's your name? I'm Jeremy. <laughs> you know, I didn't really feel that way. I, like, I, I, yeah, thank you. That's very sweet of you. Um, to me, doing the, pa like, Power Rangers was sort of like my college in a way, or sort of like, in, like being on the set. Like, the things that I think I learned the most of doing the show is how to hit your mark and just even respect of the crew and not to care about hair and makeup. There's somebody who cares about that. Like, just working through lots of insecurities that I think starting off as an actor you, and even just hitting your mark is like, sounds basic. It's really hard, right? And then... When I left, I actually didn't work for about a year. I mean, I was trying, and I was trying to get an agent and stuff, but I went back to class, and then I started doing some plays and, and stuff like that, hoping to evolve as an actor. But, um, yeah. Anyway, it's funny. I don't mean to ramble. But the film that I just did with Anastasia Phillips and Felicity Huffman, and those two brought it so much. Like, I've never seen somebody do their homework as much as Anastasia did. Like, this girl just, like, did so much homework for the role. And looking back at my, at my career as an actress, I was sort of like, oh, like, I never did my homework like that. And it makes me think if I ever do go back and do another acting role, which right now I'm more focused on directing, where I do do my homework, is that I will never show up again on a set and not have done my homework because it's a real drag for the people making the show. <laughs> you know, if you don't, and I really appreciate that and see now like like when an actor does their homework, how, how much it benefits everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. You, when did you first realize that you wanted to make that transition into directing? I always had it in the back of my head, but sort of never really thought I could or something until I was doing Flashpoint and after I had my daughter Francesca. And then there was a point there where I was like, this is what I want to do. And then I did my first short film and I just felt like I could take a big deep breath and go, ugh, and exhale. And I was like, oh my God, I would so much rather do this than pursue acting. Mm -hmm. To me, it was very stressful for me, pursuing acting with pursuing writing and directing. I, I don't feel stressed, I just feel totally motivated. I mean, it's hard to get there and do it, but it doesn't stress me out like acting did. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Hi, and thank you for that previous question. Hello, um, this is the first ever Comic-Con I went to so far. So now that I know that you are a director, if you got to direct uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, what, what, how would you make this story? Huh, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> I actually wanted to um, direct an episode of Power Rangers, and I was talking to the people, Power Ranger people, um, and then it never really panned out. But I, I thought that would be a really fun first television show to direct would be an episode. Um, what would I do to change it? Wow. 
I would change it. But I would write that episode where we're all 50. <laughs> Living in Miami. But then it kind of gets confusing because we're not really real. Like, it's not real. So I would, like, make it up. Of where's Kim now? Hmm. I'll get back to you on that. <laughs> Thank you. And are you having a good first convention? Good. I'm glad. Hi. Hi. Uh, you were awesome in Power Rangers, but I was wondering what you had to do to prepare to be Jules on Flashpoint. We actually had a bit of training right when we all got the part. It's not the SRU in Toronto. It's the tea, whatever, the real people, um, and they brought us to this like training ground and put, and put us through situations where we had to talk each other down, like simulations of actual real events, which was so interesting and kind of weird as I'm like pretending to, to jump or something and then they all have to talk me down. But we all got really into it, especially Enrico. You guys know Enrico Colantoni? He, he like set the bar and the tone of when we're like going through the training of how serious we're gonna like, like take this. And he, he got really into it. He's so fun, he's awesome, I love that person. And then we would go to shooting ranges and learn how to shoot and all that. But, and then usually on set there would be a police officer or somebody from, from the task force to like help us make sure we we're sort of doing it right. But um, I loved doing that show. I really, really loved that experience. Thank you. Hi. Hey, first off, I want to say you're an inspiration to us all. Aww. And um, second, um, what inspired you to get into acting? Well, I think like my initially like the like the kernel the first thing I think I just wanted attention, honestly. <laughs> right? Like <laughs> to be honest. And then I went to school in New York, and I took like tap classes and stuff. Like, and then when I went to LA, actually this was my first audition was Power Rangers. It was somewhere within doing Power Rangers and asking to leave and going and t doing plays and classes that I actually fell in love with the craft and actually acting. And then my journey as an, an actress, um, yeah, was pretty kind of like, I never really loved it as much as I love writing and directing now. So. Yeah, clearly, just wanting attention isn't the right motivation. <laughs> but it got me to here now, where I'm directing. It took me 25 years to figure it out. Thank you. Well, it is. I mean, just like any other career, there's ebbs and flows of your, you know, career, and you go through different relationships with the art that you're creating. Yeah, especially at different ages and times in your life as well. Like being in my 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you talked about the training on Flashpoint, and I think that's one of the most exciting things as an actor, is to get to immerse yourself into different situations yeah. and different roles. What other type of training have you had to do for either Power Rangers or any other project? Yeah. Well, Power Rangers, we actually trained a lot with martial arts and stuff, and JDF would help, and, um, you know, it was learning me learning fake martial arts because I never went through all, like, the proper stuff. but. It was very physical. It was really demanding. Like we had to be trained a lot. Hi. Hello. Um, 
Well, first off, Amy, it's a pleasure to meet you. I've been a fan ever since the series started. I was about six at the time. And so I know you've moved on from Power Rangers and did many great projects. So I wondered, over the course of those 25 years, have you like kept in step though with, with the different Power Rangers series that have happened? <laughs> there's been so many. I know there's been a lot. I think they're still doing it, right? Yeah. Um, I didn't. I kind of left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's alright. Yeah. You know what? But I have. I have to say, like, I don't know about you, being an actress. Like, I never. I. I. I really, I'm excited actually to see Felicity. I've never really watched it. Like maybe one or two episodes, but I'm kind of excited to watch that with my daughter at some point. But I never really watched any of the Power Ranger. Like I never really watched the work that I would do. It was like, I don't know, as an actress, it was kind of hard. As a director, I, I love it, but. I mean, as an actress, you're living it every, you know, you're there 12, 15 hours a day and, you know, sleeping a few hours and learning your lungs. You don't go binge all your episodes. Right. Can you imagine? Right, right. Maybe some people do. I don't think so. I don't know. Interesting. Did you binge Buffy? No. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you so much. Great question. Thank you. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Hi. So I just want to say, that Power Rangers, probably like most fans here, for our childhood, Power Rangers has been the heart of my childhood. And I am so happy now because I have a nephew now that I'm excited to get him into Power Rangers so that he can have a love like I did. Aww. I remember meeting you at the table yeah. about a half hour ago, and that's your sister. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to jump in. Um, I'm emotional because I love her so much and she loves you so much and I'm a teacher. Every day you hope you make a little bit of impact on kids and I hope that you know, even though that was the start of your career at 20, like, that your show changed this girl's life and you're the last ranger that she's meeting, so this is huge and her to just get up and talk took a lot. I'm shaking worse than she is, so just Hi. Amy, I gotta say, I'm, you were my childhood crush growing up. <laughs> I think that's before a lot of us. Why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> my question is um, if there was ever a, um, like a forever pick, like how they did in Wild Force, uh, Forever Red, Red, where all the Red Rangers come back, would you come back if they did a Pink Ranger reunion from all the past Pink Rangers? Oh, how many are there? <laughs> Someone help me out. <laughs> like 20 something. Is there 12? It's between 12 and a million. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm hearing from you guys. There, there's a lot now. Like, we're at 26 seasons now. Oh. 15, 15 oh. Pink Rangers. Yeah. You would do a Pink Ranger reunion, right? Yeah. <laughs> Right after you play the guitar in your Pink Ranger suit again. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Uh, Hi. So, again, thank you so much for what you've done with Power Rangers and all the work that you've done elsewhere as well. 
Um, for me, I'm a young actor, and so I wanted to know if there's any like acting advice that you can give me, what would it be? Just to pass on to, you know, um, someone up and coming. My advice would be to take classes and do plays and focus on on the craft. Yeah. Thank you so That's much. That's good. Thank you. And let's not have anyone else hop in line. We have time for the last two people in line. And, and yeah, go ahead. Hi. Hello. Hi. Okay. So you are amazing. I like I watch other Power Rangers, but the original one is definitely the best. Wow. <laughs> can I ask you a question? Yes, you can. So because I have not watched the other shows. Do the newer ones have, like, can you see the strings and are the monsters all, like, there back then? No. Are they more evolved? Which is a little boring, because those strings are really something. Yes. But, so you've directed movies, you've been in them, but you probably watched a lot, too. So if you could be in one movie, um, what movie would you be in, and what role would you play? Gosh. Um, I would, I, you know what, I would, I would be in a movie that Jean-Marc Jean Ballet directs, because he's my favorite director. He did okay. Big Little Lies last year, yes. and like, he's fantastic. I would, I would want to be in a film that he directed. Totally thought you were gonna say Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an awesome movie. <laughs> but I like your choice. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. And our last question. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm an aspiring like writer, and I know that you write. So I wanted to know um, if you had any advice for an aspiring writer like me. Oh, I'm as aspiring as well. Um, well, I think thing that I love hearing from other writers is how painful it is, <laughs> like the process of it, and I find that normalizes how painful it is. I don't know. It, writing is a solo experience, so I find it, it it can be really hard. But And then the other thing is, somebody once said, just make sure, like, if you're going to start a screenplay, just push through until the end before you go back and start rewriting everything. Like, just finish it. So then, Done. Like you have your first draft. Like just get to the end, and then go back and begin rewriting. But just a few last things. Um, you were my favorite, and will forever be my favorite Power Ranger. And Susie Q is that movie. Yes, <laughs> seriously. And Claire, Aww. you will always be the glorious one. Thank you. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're at rangercommandph on Twitter, rangercommandpowerhour on Facebook and Instagram, all one word. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www dot rangercommand.com follow us on twitter at rangercommandph like us on facebook and instagram at rangercommandpowerhour 
Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks. By pledging, you are helping us make our show even better. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more. Thanks for listening.